Hallelujah. I want to share a few thoughts with you. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. That whoever believes in you will not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you for this eternal gift. Thank you for the ultimate gift of Jesus Christ. We celebrate this gift in this season and Lord we ask that even as you prepare our hearts to receive your word. Lord let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And we pray oh God that each heart will receive your word and will receive Christ and live Christ even in this end times. Thank you Lord that you've heard us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So I just want to share a few thoughts with you, um, and I've entitled it, The Word Became Flesh. Um, when, when I was invited to share the word, I felt um, quite a heavy burden because, you know, it's not every day that you are given the pulpit to share, so it's... The, you know, when, when they are doing the wedding and they say, do not take this unadvisedly. <laughs> That's what came to my mind. That's Masa. <laughs> but we bless God for the opportunity to share the word. And as I reflected, um, the Christmas story was ringing in my, in my heart. And so we'll just read from John chapter 1, from verses 1 to 14. Let's do the New Living Translation, NLT. This is a very different account, a unique reading of the word, of the Christmas story. John 1, from verses 1 to 14. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Oh, verse 4. No, sorry. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. This is one of the reasons I like these versions. It's a bit more clearer. You know, King James says that the word does not comprehend it. (laughs) But this one says that it can never extinguish it. Hallelujah. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is true, who is the true light, who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, 
But the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people and even reject, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Hallelujah. And then verse 14 says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Are you excited about this Son that became flesh? Hallelujah! The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we behold his glory. Hallelujah! Jesus came all the way from up above to be born of a virgin Mary just because of you and I. In the beginning, he was the word. He was God. Philippians says that, I mean, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was God in every facet. There is no difference. And yet, he became flesh. So that you and I could have access to God. Hallelujah. And so as we reflect on this truth, this is the central truth of our salvation. And it's called the incarnation. When the divine being came in human form. When God himself took on human flesh and became a man. Hallelujah. Now we want to reflect a bit more on this. When we look in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, it says a similar thing. We can still use the NLT. Hebrews 1, 1 to 4. It says that long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through who? Through who? Hallelujah. He has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. You see, he's saying almost the same thing. And these are two different writers of the scriptures. He said, the sun radiates God's own glory. Hallelujah. He radiates God's own glory. And expresses the very character of God. That means that at all points, he was God. He expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. This is the son who, he was God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He's the express image. He expresses the very character of God. 
and sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And then he continues to say, when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the majestic, at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Hallelujah. And let's read verse 4. He said, this shows that the son is far greater than the angels. Just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Hallelujah. Now, the, the book of Hebrews, when you read it, he was trying to help the Israelites to understand that although they believed in angels and had experienced angels in the past, the son was far greater. And that is why he begins to explain who the son really is. And we can see that he's the express image of God. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hallelujah. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. We'll read from verse 5 down. It says that, and furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place the scriptures say, What are people that you should think of them, or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet you made them only a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. It's talking about men. What we do see is Jesus who was given a position a little lower than the angels because he suffered death for us. And he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Let's continue. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children to glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them to their salvation. So now, Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. And that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Are you excited about this? So this is helping us to understand the reason why he had to take upon him the form of a man. To become like a man so that he could save us. Without becoming like a man, he would not have been able to save us. I remember when I was in secondary school, someone gave an illustration. He said that there was um, a group of, I don't know whether they call them a group of ants. Ants going in a long line. What do they call them? I know there's a bevy of ladies, a troop of monkeys. Ants, how do they, how do we call <laughs> a line of ants, okay. <laughs> so they were going in a line and they were going to fall into a river. And there was a, a young boy standing by and he realized that, no, these ants, if they keep going like this, they will fall 
into the river. So he was thinking, how do I communicate to them? So he thought of different ways. He would put a stick in their path. Then they would just climb the stick and keep going. He would put his hand and they would climb his hand and keep going. Hey, how can he communicate to these ants so that they don't go straight into that river? And the story was saying that the only way for him to communicate was to become like the ants so that he could what, speak the same language with them and warn them that don't go like that, but rather divert your course. Hallelujah. Are, are you getting the illustration? And that thing stuck with me from Esther, that for God to reach us, remember that in times past, he has spoken through prophets. What did we do to the prophets? We killed them. We killed them. He tried different ways. At the point they say, even you, God, cry. We don't like you. We want our own king. I mean, so many different, 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 different. And then he had to say that no. In order to reach these guys, I need to take upon myself the human form. And so the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, what does it mean for us? We who belong to Covenant Family Community Church. We who have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. We who have been bought with His precious blood. I know you know that Covenant Family is a church that believes in evangelism. True or false? Oh, true or false? If our vision says what? Knowing Jesus, sharing Jesus, and then what? Preparing to be with Jesus. So after knowing Jesus, what are we supposed to do? After knowing Jesus, what are we supposed to do? Hallelujah. I want us to just draw a few lessons from this incarnation of Jesus Christ that we are talking about today. Hallelujah. What does it mean for us that Jesus came all the way from glory and took upon himself the form of a man? What does it mean for us in our quest to share this same Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you with me? What does it mean for us who want to share Jesus? A very interesting video was sent to me. Reverend Eastwood Anaba was preaching and I think maybe I should share that as one of the first implications. He said that during Christmas, you receive a lot of messages. How many have received a lot of text messages? Wishing you a this, that, that. God bless you. How many have received text messages? Okay. <laughs> so he said that when people send you that text message, you have to reply to them and said, and the word became flesh. What does that mean? He said, I don't just send the text message with nice words. Add the momo to it. <laughs> Are you with me? 
the word became what? Flesh. In other words, the words you are saying should also what? Become flesh. For flesh, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, let the word become flesh. <laughs> hallelujah. But as I reflected on it, I mean, I think he was just making a, a joke. But I realized that a lot of times as believers who say we are sharing the gospel, the gospel is devoid of the reality that people are going through. Hallelujah. And an interesting passage in, um, okay, let's first read Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Let's do NIV for that one. I like the way the NIV puts it. Can we read it together? Romans 5, 8. But God... Hallelujah. Does it say that, that God talks about his own love? What I say? God did what? God demonstrates his love. Hallelujah. In other words, love is not something that we just talk about. It's not just, like people say, a warm, fuzzy feeling. But it's something that needs to be demonstrated. Hallelujah. And Jesus could have sat above and said, Oh, I love you guys very much. But he demonstrated that love by taking the step to become like us. Hallelujah. James chapter 2. Verse 14 to 20. Sorry, let's go back to NLT. From verse 14. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds? Hey. A man claims to have what? Faith, but have no what? Can such a faith save him? Let's go on. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says, go, I wish you well, brother. Keep warm and be well fed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> ah, keep warm, brother. <laughs> but does nothing about his physical needs. What good is it? Wow. He said, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is what? Is what? Hallelujah. But some will say to you, oh, you, you have faith. You, you have faith. Me, I have deeds. (laughs) But he said, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what? I do. Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I believe that as we say that we are going to share Jesus, 
we need to look at this. You believe that there is one God. Good. <laughs> Even the demons believe that and they shudder. So all oh, your shaking and this thing, no. <laughs> say, you foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his own son Isaac on the altar? I mean, he goes on and on. We can just pause here. But the point is that we cannot say that we are sharing Jesus or we are living by faith and remove the actions that accompany that faith. Hallelujah. God is calling us as a church. God is calling us as the body of Christ. To emulate his example, when the word became flesh, that was a demonstration of God's love. And we need to go out there and demonstrate that love in every corner that we find ourselves. Hallelujah. In the past few, um, in the past few months, we've been doing some evangelism. And every time I go out, I'm amazed at the number of people who don't go to church. Hallelujah. I don't know, have you had that experience? So, you are not responding because you've not been going. Those who are going responded. (laughs) When we say, let's do general outreach, then you quickly sneak out. (laughs) Hallelujah. There are so many people, I mean... You know, when, when, if you go just into Labadi here, wireless here, it's unbelievable. The number of people, and they do not go to church. They are not committed. Some don't even know Jesus as their Savior. Some of them, they went to church. They were offended. They went to church. Something happened. And they need a place that they can call as their church home. They need a place where they can receive Jesus. They need a place where they can be loved. This morning, I just came to remind you that Jesus came all the way from glory just so you and I could have that access to the Father. And He's calling on each one of us to also leave our comfort zone. We have become so comfortable. We don't want anything to change our plans. We have it all figured out. But remember that Jesus could have said, Oh, in fact, where I am is very, very nice. I am God. There is nothing. Can you imagine being born as a baby? God trapped in a baby's body. If he wants to eat, he has to do what? And the mother, first time mother, she doesn't know whether... He's feeling warm or it's food that he wants. Can you imagine the whole creator of the universe in that body? He had to wee-wee. Should I continue? (laughs) God Almighty. He left his comfort so that you and I could have salvation. What are you doing? 
the word became flesh. What does it mean for you and I? We need to leave our comfort zone. We need to disrupt our Sunday afternoon plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, is the church here or we've gone home? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. How many know this scripture? Let's read it together. Ready? Go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus was leaving, this is the message that he left with the church. That when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will become what? Will become what? Witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. 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 Hallelujah. You see, now when we think of the Holy Spirit, we rather think of having, you know, shuddering, shudder. What the demons, James said, demons are shattered. This is what we think of when we think of the Holy Spirit. But the one who was living, this is what he was thinking of when he said that the Holy Spirit is coming. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't come with all the... Yes, but that is not the primary thing. Hallelujah. That we will be witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, in the city. The great city of the Jews. In Jerusalem, our Jerusalem, where you are. And then you move beyond Jerusalem to where? The hill country of Judea. You move, move. You won't stay in Jerusalem. You know that the, the disciples even, they missed this. They stayed in Jerusalem, so I took persecution to move them. They were enjoying Jerusalem. But there was a mighty revival in Jerusalem. And every church that does not recognize this, uh, you're on your way down. So God had to bring a shaking. They didn't know that by AD 70, Jerusalem would be destroyed. That's why he didn't say stay in Jerusalem. Some of us have been in Jerusalem for too long. Hallelujah. In Judea and in Samaria, who were the Samaritans? You remember the story. The Jews loved them. They were their best friends. They were eager to send the gospel to Samaria. Hey, do you remember the story at all? Did the Jews love them? No. They didn't think that they were even worthy to be worshipping with them. In fact, when Jesus was talking with the Samaritans, they were like, ah, Nuke, what is going on here? He said, you will move from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. If they don't like Samaritans, do you think they like the ends of the world? These Romans who have been ruling over them and oppressing them, these Greeks with their many gods, 
They don't want to talk to them. God is calling you to leave your comfort zone. That is why he took the first step by becoming human. And it's now your turn to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are a witness, it means that you are going to communicate something. Hallelujah. This is something that we we discussed in our school of ministry class before they go to the rural areas because um, as you are going, you are not sure who you are going to meet. The people may not even speak your own language. Hallelujah. So being a witness involves communication. Tell your neighbor, being a witness involves communication. Now, part of leaving your comfort zone will mean that the way you are used to communicating with your own people, you should be willing to let go of that. Unfortunately, some of us are so comfortable that, in fact, even here after church, to go and talk to a stranger, hey, so people come to this church, they don't know anybody, they leave the church, they still don't know anybody. They can come to church for three months, and the only person they know is the one who invited them. Hello? Hello? We, we, can't, we can't have that. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor we can't have that. Tell your neighbor that's below the belt. Hallelujah. We need to move from our comfort zone. Just go. Okay, look, look around. Look on your line. Just look on your line. Maybe because of the mask, it's not easy to do these days. But you can see from the forehead that you don't know him, right? Or you can't see the moment. Okay, as for this line, we know everybody. Are you with me? Have you looked on your line? About how many people don't you know? You can see at least three people that you've never met. Hallelujah. Can we decide that after church today, I'm going to talk to just three people, just three, who I have never spoken to before. Is that something we can do? Hallelujah. If you can do it, give me a wave. Yeah, some people, their wave is like this. <laughs> yeah, <tenso yenye. laughs> hey. Hallelujah. You need to move from your comfort, comfort zone. You have some three parties you want to meet after church. So, all these people is not, no, 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 no. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hallelujah. moving from your comfort zone means that you need to look at a different way of communicating. You know, some years back when I was sent to Sodom and Gomorrah, that was my, in fact, when they say learning curve, 
My heart was a cough, cough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I was used to, you know, the nice English here, Charlie. And I was dropped in the place and I had to preach in Chi the first day. Hey! It's not easy. Charlie, preaching English Christ is not easy. Now, you have to think quickly and say, hey, we cry, I can't say well, I remember, I think I was preaching about uh, Jesus in the boat. Uh, and please be still. Hey! Boat, you can't say with Chimu. Yeah! <laughs> Hallelujah! But that is leaving your comfort zone. When you go here, you realize that the woman, she doesn't speak to you well. You too, your guy is not working. But it will push you out of your comfort zone. Hallelujah. We are too stuck in our ways and too comfortable. Tell your neighbor, leave your comfort zone. When Jesus came down, he had to speak human language. He had to do everything. In fact, Hebrew says that at all points like a man, in every, every single point, you, can't, you cannot say Jesus was not human. Hallelujah. And God is calling us to leave, leave the comforts, learn to speak... A language that you are not comfortable with, just to send the gospel to someone. Hallelujah. You know, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, the Bible says that they heard them speaking what? Their own languages. Do you remember that? In Acts chapter 2. Yeah. They heard them glorifying God in their, their own native language. Hallelujah. Someone needs to leave their comfort zone. And you are saying, "What call outreach now, bro? For sorry, na depends on thing. How can I see you now? Saying, 'A bro, for Christiana, propitiation, you know, and redemption by the grace of, hey, brother, <laughs> you have to move from from your comfort zone. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have our own way of talking. You know, some people call it Christianese. Christianese, uh, Christian jargons. There's a way that we talk that we alone understand. If a stranger comes, they're wondering what does he really mean. But all the Christians get it. Sometimes we need to move away from that kind of speech. Hallelujah. So that the others can also feel included. Amen. As I bring my message to a close... Let's just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 22. Let's go back to NLT. So then. Can we read it together? Let's go. Even though I am a free man... With no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. 
when I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. Verse 22. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I thought that's a good place to put your hands together. Hallelujah. What is Paul saying? He's a free man. But he chooses to bring himself into different, different conditions. Not that he doesn't know what to do with his freedom. <laughs> eh? Do you remember when Paul was arrested? They, they were about to whip him and then he said what? I am a Roman citizen. And the, the, the guy who was about to, the Roman centurion was like, oh, how? Why you? Say, oh, I'm a Roman citizen by birth. Say, oh, how? Me I bought my own. He, the Roman centurion, he bought his own. In fact, so what are you talking about that you are a Roman citizen? He's a free man in the Roman Empire. Look, you can't touch him. But he decides that, look, if you knew who Paul was, the historians say that his family was very rich to the extent that they actually paid for a teacher, one of the top Jewish teachers, to lecture him. So he was trained under, I think it's Gamaliel. He was trained at the, under one of the top Jewish teachers. His parents were so rich, they were tent makers. When you hear tent makers, you think that they rent canopies. <laughs> You know, that the, the Roman Empire, when they were expanding it, they were building a lot of roads. And these roads had to be guarded by Roman soldiers. And to guard those roads, they needed to have these Roman soldiers patrolling those roads. And where would they sleep? They would sleep in what? Tents. Who would make the tents? The tent maker. So anyone who was in the tent making industry was a very wealthy man because the Romans kept building long roads. They called them Pax Romana. They, part of their expansion plan, they were extending their roads. So Paul was a, from a very wealthy family. But look at him. When Jesus arrested him, he said, look, I have become a what? Slave to many people. Some of you think you are Dada B, so this type of evangelism near there, no. We the Dadabis, you know, we are not part. Uh, uh, the Dadabis are looking straight. <laughs> are you with me, the Dadabis? God is calling us to leave our comfort zone. He said, I have become a slave 
to all people so that I can bring them to Christ. With the Jews, I am a Jew. You know that with the Jews, you cannot go into the synagogue dressed anyhow. They have, are you seeing the Jews dressed in their, in their attire as they are going to the synagogue? Yeah. So before Paul will go into the synagogue, he has to behave like a Jew. He has to obey all those laws. And then when he comes to the Gentiles, the Gentiles don't know any of these laws. So he has to come out of that Jewish and then come and be like a Gentile. Free guy. Just so that. Meanwhile, when he was writing to the Philippians, he said that of the Jews of the strictest sect, a Pharisee of Pharisees. Some of you, you are so spiritual that when you see unbelievers, you can't stomach them. Hey! <laughs> Spiritus brother. <laughs> he came to everyone's level so that he could win some. To the weak, he said that he became as weak. He became as weak. Some of you, the people don't even know Christ and we are not we are not empathizing with them. We, we want them to be mature all of a sudden. It's like they do this so they don't qualify for the salvation anymore. Hey! May God help us. That will come out of our own stereotypes, our own... We have created something about ourselves that is becoming a barrier to reaching out to others with Christ. And I like how he ends... He said that, yes, I try to find common ground. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, common ground. Find some common ground. How do we reach these young ones who don't like certain things? You know our young people, they are not like us. Hallelujah. I've been praying and asking God, how do we reach these young people? Because some of the way we do things, we can never, ever access these young ones. They tune off immediately, you know. And even, look, this COVID has really also made me see some things. My little girl, Akosia, she's been asking, when are they reopening? When are they reopening? Because when she comes here, she's like, ah, what is the, what is the pastor? What, what? They're no more here, no. The songs we are singing, they are not familiar with. They are honest. Alive, alive, alive. If you call to him, it's just not working for them. Hallelujah. So lately I've had to sit here by me then. When Osofu says it, then I'll try and explain it, you know, so that she can also at least. Otherwise, it's like she comes, then she decides that, okay, and then, this is a five year old. And the choir is in. Layers. Hallelujah. I pray that God will give us the heart that we will, we will be yearning how do we reach these others? How do we find common ground with everyone so that we can save some? Bow your heads with me as we pray. You have called me. I will lead me along. You have called me, you have called me, I will love.
have called me I will Lead me Lord You have called me Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word to us. We ask, Lord, for your grace, O oh Lord, to break out of our comfort zones, O oh God, and to become flesh in different areas that you are calling us to, O oh Lord. Many of us have resisted you for so long, but we pray that today will mark the beginning of a new beginning, O oh God, that we will launch out into the deep, that we will leave our comfort zones, 
and begin to see your power manifest in our lives. Thank you that you've heard us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.